What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here supporting tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir? It's going pretty good. Um, I'm excited to talk about um, Arsenal clearly being the best team in London after doing the double over Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, let's get into this. Yeah, do you, uh, so for those wondering where Will is, Will's going to be here uh, for the second segment of the podcast. Not to worry, he's probably out there partying after that uh, win for Liverpool against Manchester United. But before we go in, do you want to quickly recap the betting uh, uh, results of the midweek slate? Yeah, so Will picked a good time for him to miss. He's been on a little bit of a hot streak, but uh, cooled down a little bit this midweek. Um, so uh, if you're new to the, the pod, uh, what we do is uh, we we put one unit down on a three-way money line for each of the games. There are five here in midweek, so uh, that equates to 500 uh, virtual pod bucks, as we like to call them. And um, this is where we tally up, see how we did, and um, kind of hold ourselves accountable in that way. Um, so in uh, third place this week uh, was Will with a return of 215, getting the uh, Man United-Liverpool uh, prediction correct and blanking on the other ones. Um, Sapoon a little better profitable at 515 pod bucks on that lay of uh, 500. So, uh, you know, hey, we were always happy to be profitable. And then, uh, you know, as, as I alluded to the Chelsea Arsenal match uh, before, that carried me to a, uh, a nice 710 uh, pod dollar return uh, on that lay of 500 uh, to come in first this week, which feels like it's been a little while. So I, I'm happy to be back in the green. Yeah, good job, Braden. And uh, I guess betting against Man United twice in the in the space of 48 hours didn't quite work out for me as well. But as far as those games went, they worked out perfectly according to my bets because Manchester United won Leicester City to a big win for Leicester in their hopes to make sure they get Champions League football. United, I mean, looked... I mean, it, it was a bunch of kids with Greenwood leading the line with uh, Anthony Langa playing his first game for Manchester United and Ahmad Diallo also debuting. Uh, Leicester, credit to them, won the game. United, I mean, everybody knew what was coming and Ole took the precautionary measures and against a team like Leicester, who, to their credit, played uh, full-strength 11, um, only 1-2-1 at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, so I think we can uh, go ahead and get this out of the way. It's a good win, Leicester. Um, I don't even necessarily know that they were in complete control of this game, but I think they were a slightly better team, so fine. We'll get that out of the way. United, I was pretty impressed with a lot of the young kids. Like, you look at this lineup, and it's it's clearly a, a B squad for United. Like, you know, you do have guys who feature, um, like, Greenwood, he's – in and around the first team, but rare, like you would not call him a nailed on starter. Uh, you have Tellez who hasn't really played at all <laughs> this season. Uh, his main contribution has been pushing Luke Shaw to heights. He hasn't seen in years. Um, and, and just a lot of guys that you don't equate with kind of the better uh, United teams that we've seen uh, throughout this year. And they gave a pretty decent account of themselves. Uh, you know, Greenwood had a really nice goal. Um, and I, I think Ole tried to get away with it. Like, you did see him bring on uh, Bruno towards the end, along with Rashford, Cavani, that sort of thing. Like, I think it was kind of a let's hope we can keep it close and then 
Um, if we're in striking distance, maybe we'll try to get a result at the end. And it almost worked for him, but uh, Lester were just a little bit better overall in the day. Yeah, I mean, that is a fair way to look at it. And, I mean, congratulations to Leicester. They keep their hopes for a top four finish alive and good luck in the FA Cup final. Moving on to the next game, we had Southampton against Crystal Palace. Uh, Give me one second. I don't know where the fuck the games went. Southampton win 3-1, a very, very good game for them. Danny Ings with two goals. Again, happy Wolves not here to gloat about that. But overall, I mean, Palace not really playing for anything. Southampton needed a win to, you know, keep the morales high going into the offseason. And maybe Danny Ings can uh, eke away into that England squad for the Euros. Yeah, that may be the only thing that Southampton is really playing for uh, at, at this point. So I, I I do think it's good to see Danny Ings back on the score sheet. It's been kind of a r- up and down year. For him, he's been really good at times, been injured for a good bit of it. Um, and it's been you know, tough for Southampton at times because of that. I think the whole team has kind of ebbed a little bit when Ings is not there. But, you know, he's a very important player for the way that they play because uh, they've got a lot of guys who are, I think, pretty good at build up. And then they've got the set piece guys, whether it's Ward Prowse or the big center backs. Uh, but outside of that, it's kind of just some guys around Danny Ng. So if he's back and firing, you know, Southampton may be able to build some momentum into next year. There's going to be some contract uh, discussions with Danny Ings uh, coming up, which will be something to pay attention to, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Palace, look, they're, they're just seeing out the season at this point. Um, they have some guys who might show up in a game or two, but uh, they're going to be very unreliable the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, I mean, the one week that is left of the season, we shall have to see how that plays out. But a big, I mean, a somewhat important win for Southampton, nonetheless. Moving on to the London derby, Chelsea taking on Arsenal. Chelsea on a very hot streak coming into this game and not playing their uh, absolute best. I mean, a very rotated team at the end of the day for Chelsea. But at the same time, they had... A lot of talent should be doing better. And a uh, 1-0 win for Arsenal, a very unexpected win. So, Braden, how do you sum that up? I mean, it was a uh, – Arsenal were gifted the goal and then just kind of held on for dear life uh, from there. Um, but a pretty decent defending performance overall from Arsenal. I, I know like people are going to look at the XG, which heavily favors Chelsea, uh, 1.57 to 0.69. For Arsenal, but like if you watch that game, there was one really good chance uh, for Kai Havertz early in the match that he put over the bar, and then from there, like Chelsea went sixty minutes without a shot on target, and like they had chances at the end, they both hit the post, but like this, this was a Chelsea team that was taking a lot of shots, but being pretty wasteful with them, and. You know, Arsenal have buckled several times in the past when they've been presented with this, this situation. And you saw a team really dig in and and go away and get a clean sheet. And I think the team deserves a lot of credit for that. Going forward, it was bad for Arsenal. Like, you know, I think certain guys like Smith Rowe had a decent enough game. I know he got the goal and, and I saw him as man of the match in some places. And that's kind of whatever. I, I wouldn't agree with that. But, you know, he did show up to get a goal. So. And it was a decisive one, so good for him. Uh, but beyond that, like, Arsenal were just kind of 
average going forward, but really good, I think, to bunker in and, and get the win. I, I very much enjoyed Tuchel's comments after the game about how uh, this was an unfair result and Chelsea deserved to win and all that sort of thing. I was like, you know, I don't recall any of this talk when City didn't get a penalty <laughs> the week before. Um, but, you know, that that's how it goes, I guess. Um, Arsenal got uh, – this probably is an undeserved win, but, you know, if Arsenal have any chance of making any sort of Europe, we kind of wrote this result off earlier. And, you know, getting three points from it, maybe there's a back door into Europe for Arsenal that we all thought wasn't there. So we'll see. Yeah, I think as far as Arsenal is concerned, there's – Still that mathematical chance as, you know, um, as long as that exists, you, anything might happen. But uh, Chelsea, they'll have to pull up their socks and go work better in two games against Leicester City in the space of, what, 72 hours that could really determine the fate going into next season rather than just this season because the FA Cup final is what it is. But they do need a win at this point. Uh in order to keep their top or cement their top four rather uh, place for the Champions League next season. I, Moving on to the go ahead. I just say it feels so weird to have the FA Cup final and the season's not over yet. Like that just feels very, very weird to me. I mean, it, they got to make sure uh, all the TV presenters are accounted for, you know, hey, everybody's so. going to make that money. Uh, yeah. Anyway, no to the Super Moving League. On. Yep. No to the Super League. I mean, man, commentators, when they do that, I'm just like, come on. Like, come on. But anyway, moving on to the next game, Aston Villa nil, Everton nil, a game that really was not as entertaining as you'd have liked to see between these two teams, once a title contender at these, uh, at this, I shouldn't say at the, in this season, uh, I guess after five to ten games. Uh, for both of them, not really any goals. Everton slightly better in terms of XG, but, you know, ultimately not good enough from either one of the two teams. Yeah, I think you saw a Villa team that, um, you know, Grealish came back for about 15 minutes in this game. So that's good. And, you know, that's probably the biggest thing to take away from this match. But I think they really missed having Watkins up top here. And they were just kind of toothless, I thought, in this match. And... On the other side, like Everton were slightly better, but I cannot really emphasize enough how slightly that was. Like it's it was a pretty drab performance all the way around. And you know, for an Everton team that they're kind of in a similar situation to Arsenal where there's a there's a chance they could get to Europe if they kind of get their shit together here. Um it's not really a result they're looking for. Uh I just I have not been able to figure out this Everton team the last like couple months or so. Uh, it's just been there's been some really good results. There's been blanks against Villa, um, and that's kind of where they are right now. Yeah, that is very very fair as far as uh, Everton are concerned. But their crossed on rivals in uh, Liverpool came to Old Trafford and won the game 4-2. United looked, uh, you know, tired in my opinion. And Liverpool, credit to them, were the better team. Jurgen Klopp, congratulations on your first win at Old Trafford. And on we go. Liverpool keep their top four hopes alive. And United uh, keep going to wherever the fuck they're going to go in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too carried away with this game. Like, I, I think it, you correctly assess it of this was United's third match in five days, and Liverpool's not had to deal with anything like that as far as the schedule goes. And so, I look, had this game been played a week or so ago, I think you probably have a different result, but that's not what happened. I think Ole probably managed it as best he could um, and was hoping to get something from these two games, but you know, it's in some ways it's credit to United for having their top four already wrapped up where they don't have to worry about stumbling here right now. I'm sure they wanted to beat Liverpool, but it, three matches in five days is just so hard to overcome when your opponent does not have to deal with that. Yeah. And I mean, to, to be honest, like more than just that, right? Like they traveled to Rome for the game before that. So it's been a pretty hectic schedule for Manchester United. So I'm not, I know, I know there are a lot of United fans who would like to voice their frustrations and such, but one, we missed Harry Maguire. So let's start giving him a little bit more credit. And second, like teams just tired. I think this is a much welcomed, uh, weekend break for United and you go into midweek and welcome fans back to Old Trafford for the second time in three weeks. I mean, I think really this United squad again, cause they've got top four wrapped up and, you know, I, I know that each spot is worth like two and a half million more or something like that in prize money. But I mean, come on, like United's really just focused on the Europa league final at this point. Right? Like I, I don't see, uh, you always want to beat your rival. You always want to beat Liverpool and that sort of thing. But I, I do think that this United team looks at other fixtures as where their season is going to be defined. Yeah, and I mean, uh, as far as the league positioning score too, right? Like United need one point in their remaining two games to make sure they finish. Um, I mean, as long as the other results go their way, they just need one point to make sure um, they finish second. And I think overall, as you said, like Europa League is where their head's at. And more more so than that, like Liverpool are playing for something, right? Like they needed this win a lot more than Man United. And yes, like people will say, oh, they needed to do this, that. But at the end of the day, like we played four games in seven days, right? So like at some point it was not going to work. And it came against Leicester. It came against uh, Liverpool. So I'm not going to be too worried about things right now. And um uh, Give Liverpool the credit that they deserve for trying to make sure that they get Champions League football. I mean, that's ultimately what they're playing for. And I think as long as they win their remaining three games against West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace, I do believe they have a very good chance. So we'll be previewing that game in the second segment. Will's going to be joining us for the second segment as well. But that is it for the midweek games. And we shall see you on the second segment and give us and give you our predictions of what may or may not happen in uh, this scintillating weekend of Premier League football that's upon us. What is up, guys? Back with the second segment of this podcast. And before we get into all the previews, Braden, do you want to give them a rundown on how we're going to do it here? Uh, yeah, so each week uh, we look at the three-way money lines. Uh, we put uh, one unit down for each, uh, which... Uh, we have as basically a hundred pod bucks as we affectionately call them. And uh, we're going to talk about the lines, talk about our picks, what we think will happen in the games. And uh, then 
next week when we're back, we'll tally it up and uh, see how it went for all of us. Yeah. And this week, it's going to be uh, almost a full slate of games because, you know, FA Cup final for a couple of teams in there as well. But first up, we got Newcastle taking on the newly crowned champions, Manchester City. Newcastle at plus 1,000, Man City at minus 360, draw at plus 475, over-unders at three. Braden, how are you feeling about this? This is a uh, moderately tricky game to kind of think about because, like, Newcastle are safe, so I don't know that they're going to have the impetus of going forward and, and trying to um, – carry what they're what they're doing right now forward uh now that now that they can kind of relax a little bit and city i think you know most teams i would say they're going to be looking ahead to the champions league final they've achieved what they've wanted to that sort of thing but the second team that chelsea will play in this game is also going to be very very good so i'm not sure that it's the drop-off that you would expect for a lot of teams I think Newcastle will be fairly. I think they're going to try to keep this momentum going that they've got. They're on a little bit of a, a hot streak now. They seem to be scoring at will almost. Uh, but it, that's. I think that comes to a stop here. I, I don't think it's going to be enough to overtake Man City. But this is a game where I think some weird things can happen. Uh, but I'm still going to go with City here uh, with my pop bucks. Scoring at will, you say? I mean, Joe Willick is. I, I don't know how to describe what's happened there. I certainly didn't see that coming. This is purely like speculative on my own part, but the last time I bet against Newcastle after making the bet on Newcastle earlier, it came back to bite me in the ass. So I'm going to reverse that and go back to sticking with the horse I rode in on, even though it's city, even though they're probably going to destroy them 93 to two. And I stand by that scoreline. Um, that line is ridiculous, and I'm ridiculous for thinking Newcastle was going to be better than they were. So, fuck it. Newcastle. Let's do it. Well, uh, as tempting as that line is, I'm going to go with Manchester City. I think neither one of these two teams at this point have anything real to play for, and on the day, the quality of Manchester City is just going to show through. That will be my bet as far as this is concerned. Moving on to the next game, Burnley taking on Leeds. Burnley at plus 185, Leeds at plus 140, draw at plus 255, over-under is at two and a half. Will, how are you feeling about this one, sir? Uh, pretty cut and dry, actually. Uh, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Leeds. I... Leeds have more to play for, and... Their players have more to get up for, trying to impress the manager, trying to impress other teams. They're going to be up for it. Burnley will revert back to beige. Maybe Chris Wood will get another one, and then Leeds will score five. But I like the over in this match. I like Leeds. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the over call in this match. I, I do think that that's a pretty good shout overall. Um, Leeds do have a little bit to play for. There is still a very outside chance that they – make it into Europe and it's probably not going to happen, but it's one of those, as long as you've got something to play for, I think you keep playing. And this is one of those situations where I don't think Bielsa or Dice are going to change the way that they play or anything just because it's at the end of the season and there's like not that much to play for Like that's not the way Bielsa is wired. I think they go all out for it and kind of play, 
um, as you expect Leeds to go out and play. Um, the line on this one is odd to me. I, I think Leeds are a pretty uh, are better than Burnley by more than a plus one forty favorite. So I'm gonna, also going to go with Leeds. They're plus favorites. I think they're better even than that plus favorites are. Um, and I don't know. Like I just don't trust home field advantage to be that much better without the fans for Burnley. Yeah, that is very, very fair. I'm going to go with, I guess, Leeds as well in this game because I don't really like betting on Burnley, but it wouldn't surprise Burnley do come up victorious just because they'll be there in those moments to take advantage of the situation. Uh, moving on to the next game, Southampton taking on Fulham. Southampton with even odds, Fulham at plus 280, draw at plus 250, over under the two and a half. Brayden, how are you feeling, sir? Yeah, this one is also one of those kind of dead rubber games that uh, kind of you can see a lot of things happening. So I'm going to keep this pretty short. I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with a draw in this game. I, I think that Fulham might play a little bit more freedom like we talked about with Sheffield, go out there and just like, you know, finally being relegated, just go out there and play a little bit. And so – Southampton, I think, have been going through the motions for a little while. They're a little beat up. Um, so I'm going to go with the draw and, and see if uh, Fulham can get back to even with Brighton for most draws in the league this year. If there was ever a time for me to just say the name and make the bet, it's this. Danny Ings, Southampton, I don't even fucking care if it's even odds. There is no way... On this planet, I am on right now that they should lose this match. And if they do, I'm going to eat a bunch of crow and it'll be okay. But I foresee this being a game in which the team who I continue to rant and rave about for some reason comes good and wins handily. Fulham ain't got shit to play for. So I'm taking Southampton because they got more pride. Damn it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Will on that one as well. I'm going to take Southampton. I just think Danny Ings and I, I don't know if he's actually going to play. Um, but the rest of the team, they will be motivated. Fulham, probably a bit too much. Uh, I mean, they, they'll probably be just battered at this point. You know, I don't think they're playing for anything at this point. Relegation, I mean, it sucks for them as a club, as the, for the fan base. I guess they'll get to see one home game before uh, this whole ride comes to an end because that's also funny if like you came up and down in the same season this season like the fans almost never got to see you play in the Premier League so um, sad for them but they'll be back but I'm going to go with Southampton just hopefully they didn't use up all their goals in the last game moving on to the next game Brighton taking on West Ham Brighton at plus 185 West Ham at plus 150 draw at plus 235 overners at two and a half well do you think Jesse Lingard FC comes back on track or do you think this it's done? I don't think it's done. Okay. This is how I'm going to put it. It's not done, but it's going to be undone in this match because West Ham are going to come out swinging and occasionally Brighton shows up. And I think I've said this at least 20 times now. I expect Brighton to show up for this match and I expect them to give West Ham a hard time and I expect this to be a draw. It's going to be 2-2. It'll be mildly exciting, and it'll be the Brighton team that, you know, Graham Potter's actual wet dream. It'll be that team. 
against a West Ham team that's just as good, if not a tidbit better. Uh, I don't want it to be a draw, but it probably will be. Yeah, so West Ham, after kind of fluffing their lines a little bit against Everton, were kind of handed a little bit of a lifeline with the Arsenal-Chelsea match. I, I think they're going to come out and be uh, up for this one and, and go for it. Uh, whether that turns into a win, I'm not sure, but I think that they've they've got a better overall squad. I think they're playing better um, than Brighton are, um, even though Brighton has started to score a couple goals here and there. Um, I, I'm going to go with West Ham. I think they've got it in them to, to get another win and, and hopefully get in there and qualify for Europe. Um, so we'll see, but I, I like West Ham. I like them as plus favorites. I like them getting this line. Um, and I think they've got a pretty good shot at it. Yeah. I'm going to go with you on that one. Uh, at West Ham just, I feel like they will be desperate to get the points in and, the way Brighton play, and now that, like, again, not something that they have to look forward to, no relegation threat anymore, and so much, they might play a little bit more freely, but at the same time, that in that freedom, in the way Graham Potter likes to play, West Ham might, uh, might be able to exploit some spaces, and that's what, you know, this West Ham team is really good at. So I'm going to go with what, uh, them in this situation. Moving on to the next game, Crystal Palace taking on Aston Villa. Crystal Palace at plus 210. Villa at plus 135, draw at plus 240, over-unders at two and a half. Braden, how are you feeling? This one's a little tough for me. Uh, you've got uh, Villa coming off their match uh, Thursday with um, having to turn around and play Sunday against a Palace team that I, I don't know, have, have more rest from playing from Tuesday and are just kind of a team that goes out there and I, I never really know what to expect from them. So Still not knowing what Grealish's status is, not knowing with, you know, kind of Villa in general with uh, suspensions, injuries, how how it works out and what kind of squad they'll be able to play. I'm going to go with the draw. Palace don't have enough to win this game, I, I don't think. But I, I do think that they can frustrate Villa a little bit, especially if Grealish isn't playing. And they do have enough to get one goal from this. And that might be enough against a Villa team that I think just aren't really clicking on all cylinders right now. Villa have more to play for than Palace. That's how some of these matches like come down in my head. I don't think anyone at Palace is playing for anything in particular right now. I mean, what does Villa have to play for? They like their manager more. Loki. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's honestly Fair. what I'm It's <laughs> like they just... They like their situation a little bit more. Like they have some ups. They have upside. Palace don't have anything going for them, but Villa got a little bit of upside. And that's a reason to go out and play with a little bit more passion. I could make the catering joke. We've heard it a thousand times. I think Villa come out and I'm not going to say they put on a show or some shit, but hey, they give it a good run. And I think they pip a couple here and, uh, you know, death to Palace. So yeah, I'm taking Villa. Yeah, I'm going to go with Aston Villa as well. I just think I, I they are a good team, and I think they kind of got hard done by as far as the United game went last weekend. So I'm going to go with them, just a better team right now. And Crystal Palace, I mean, they show up, but with reports of Frank Lampard possibly being their manager, maybe, you know, puts a little bit more impetus to make sure that doesn't happen for uh, Crystal Palace, that is. 
Moving on to the next game, Spurs taken on Wolves. I mean, this was a game that I thought would be like a Europa League decider, but sadly, it's not really deciding anything uh, right now. Spurs at minus two hundred, Wolves at plus five seventy five, draw at plus three twenty five, over under is a two and a half. Will, Ryan, is Ryan Mason going to prove everybody wrong in this game? No, no, he's not. I don't know why I fancy this Wolves team in this match, but I something about this Spurs team, despite all the talent up front, just doesn't inspire good performance for me. And no disrespect to Ryan Mason, but he is in over his head. So I'm gonna go with Wolves because I can't I can't not see Tottenham not shipping a goal. Like, I would say it would be a draw, but, like, I foresee them leaking a goal somehow. And Harry Kane's going to sit there like, Ooh. and, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed that Will went first on this one because uh, I, I was expecting this to be uh, kind of my uh, surprise moment. Well, I guess me betting at Spurs is never going to be considered a surprise. Um <laughs> This is mostly on the line for me. I'm not really that impressed with uh, Spurs overall with the way they're playing. Um, you know, it hasn't all been bad. They scored four uh, against Sheffield two matches ago. Um, but you're looking at a team that has won two of their last six. I know you include uh, United in there, but I don't know. Like, I'm just not really that impressed overall by the Spurs team right now uh, since Ryan Mason took over. They look like there's a lot of kind of fuck this about them. Um, so when you have a team that I think Wolves are starting to turn it around just a little bit, uh, you saw Adama Traore kind of getting back on the score sheet the past couple of matches and being kind of that impact player we expect them to be. And if they get if they get some from him, you've got Neto, you have guys there who can do a little bit on Wolves. I think you might see something here. Um, you should expect Spurs to win this match, but at plus 575, I'm happy to take Wolves and kind of see what happens here. Well, sorry about that, Braden, but uh, I'm going to complete a clean sweep of Wolves' bets here and go with Wolves as well. Uh, I mean, if Spurs win, it's okay. I can live without the minus 200 odds that they are currently getting. Having said that, let's move on to West Brom against Liverpool. Liverpool still in the hunt for that top four position. And uh, West Brom at plus 1,000 against them. I guess they're relegated. So, again, nothing really to play for. Liverpool at minus 385. Draw at plus 500. Over under the three. Will, how are you feeling? And do you think Roy Hudson has a... You know, one last word to say about Liverpool in the Premier League. Sam? Sam? Sorry, Big Sam. <laughs> Completely forgot. Completely uh, forgot. I mean, Roy, fair, Roy, though. They're yeah. kind of the same thing. <laughs> they're the same person to me. Um, old English dude who be managing teams. Um, it's Wasp Brum, man. Wasp Brim, whatever that joke is. If you know the YouTuber I'm talking about, you can put it in the comments. It's Liverpool's got to win this by like seven, right? Like just complete destruction. Jurgen doing these beating his chest, you know, grabbing his nuts on the sidelines. Like it's got to be one of those like thrashings to kind of, you know, make you feel good about yourself. Is it going to happen? Probably not. 
But it's what I want to happen. And if you put positive energy out into the world, it comes back to you, I hope. So seven nothing thrashing, nut grabbing Jurgen Klopp, I'm taking Liverpool. Edit that last part out. That was weird. <laughs> oh, that's staying in for sure. Um <laughs> I so I kind of agree with you all. I don't love the minus three eighty five odds here, but again, I think this is a little bit similar to West Ham in that they'll be buoyed a little bit by the Chelsea result uh, this midweek and maybe just kind of go out and be like, okay, yeah, no, this top four thing is back on. Let's go for it and give it a shot. And and that's not a Liverpool that you typically want to see one that's refocused and re-energized to go after one um, after a specific goal. And I kind of think that's what you're going to see in this match. Again, I don't love minus 385, um, but I don't, I don't really see West Brom doing that much in this match to, to threaten Liverpool. Um, the four Dianya, I don't know. Like he's, he's the type of player that I think can maybe cause a little bit of trouble for young center backs, uh, that Liverpool have had to play recently. Um, uh, but I, I don't really, that's a reach. I don't expect that to be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'll take any result that uh, does not make Liverpool win. So I'm going to go with Liverpool in this game because, you know, when you can't get the result you want, I'll take the money. Uh, (laughs) Moving on to the next one, Everton against Sheffield United. Everton at minus 235, Sheffield United plus 725, draw at plus 345, over and there's a two and a half. I mean, I didn't give you Spurs, so I'm going to give you uh, Everton this time around just because, you know, can't let will steal all the glory. Uh, so how are you feeling about this one, Brain? Uh, it's interesting with this one because Everton have had some really kind of tragic home form this season. I, I mean, as have a number of teams that just haven't been great at home, but Everton have been specifically bad. So I am tempted to go with, Sheffield getting something from this match. I don't think it should happen. Everton are a better team. I haven't really seen that much from Sheffield all season, but you know, this Everton team, when I look over the last few games, it's not like they're going in and banging in a bunch of goals. Like it's, they scored one against West Ham, one against Villa, one against Arsenal, two against Spurs, and then were held scoreless by Brighton. So, you know, weird things can happen, and maybe Sheffield get a goal. Um, so I'm gonna go with the draw. I, I just think that Everton's home form may be bad enough that Sheffield can just kind of sneak in, and plus three forty five is worth taking that chance to me. I didn't think I was gonna pick a team that was relegated, but this game presents itself a lovely opportunity to just be a right fucking asshole so i'm gonna take that chance fuck everton i'm going with sheffield i don't even care if i regret it because i just sometimes i just make a bet with my asshole tendencies and this is one of them like no excuses no analysis just fuck everton let's go sheffield one more time for the boys you can use the song one more time, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Sheffield United as well in this game. I just, 
I don't trust Everton at minus 235. Like, as bad as Sheffield have been this season, like, th- those are odds I will not take as far as um, Everton as a team go. Because, like, I, I trust them. All of a sudden, they let me down. I don't trust them. They keep fucking up. So, I'm going to just go with this and see how it all works out. So, that is it from us as far as this weekend goes. Any quick predictions for the FA Cup final from either one of you? Chelsea? Chelsea, yeah. Super jacked. <laughs> so neither one of you want to see Brendan Rodgers and Leicester win? I mean, you asked for predictions, not what I want to happen. Okay. Like, I definitely I mean, I, want it, Leicester it, to we win. We weren't betting a money line, so I expected a little bit more honesty, you know? <laughs> or more honesty. A, li- a little bit more heart. I, I mean, fair enough. Like, do not get me wrong. I very much want Leicester to win this match. I just, I, I don't really see it. I want it for their fans, but same thing he said. Uh, I don't see it. I mean, fuck their fans. I, I want it for not Chelsea's fans. <laughs> <laughs> not I mean, fans, but <laughs> I, mean uh, I was talking to Shari earlier today, and he was pretty distraught after that uh, Arsenal game. So good luck. And I'm going to go. I'm going to hope your boys make you proud, Shari. But. Um, if Leicester win, though, I think it'll be fucking hilarious. Like, if if somehow, and I don't see it happening, but if somehow Chelsea are the team, they get dragged into a top four race and lose the FA Cup final and are kind of going to where they go, uh, wherever the fuck they're playing the final in Portugal. Porto. Uh, Porto, there you go. <laughs> they're going there having to win the game. I, I would find that personally very, very funny, given the circumstances. But uh, that is pretty much it from us. We will be back next week with uh, another round of midweeks games and then the final game, uh, game week for this. I mean, it's such a weird thing to say that like there are going to be two games in the same week to end the season. Like that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Like let's hope let's hope we don't have to do this again. Let's hope there isn't a fucking pandemic all over again and. Um, yeah, stay safe and cheers. We'll see you next week with all the content that you could ever ask for. Stop getting gas. <laughs> <laughs>